What's happening and welcome into another episode of Preview in the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Got a lot of good stuff to get into. Cowboys riding a two-game winning streak heading into their Mountain West opener against Air Force. Going to talk to my co-host, David Graff, at the end of the show about that. But first things first, going to be joined by the longtime voice of the Air Force Falcons, Jim Arthur. Joined right now by Jim Arthur, longtime voice of the Air Force Falcons. Jim, it's been an exciting start to the year for Air Force, obviously coming off of a dominant win over Colorado. Just looking back to that game, what was the thing that impressed you the most about the Falcons' performance? Well, I think a couple of things. I think the fact that they were able to jump out so early against Colorado. I mean, they get a big break on CU's second offensive play of the game when Shrout fumbles. Chris Herrera falls on it, and then Brad Roberts goes into the end zone, and bang, you're up 7 nothing. The game's not a minute old, and you can just feel the energy. And then Air Force just kept adding to that and adding to that. And I think the first quarter and maybe about five minutes of the second, I mean, they were playing outstanding football. Well, it's tough to maintain that level, but I thought the first part where they jumped out to a 20 nothing lead was just sensational on the part of Air Force. Colorado, I know they're young. They got back into it, and if they get a break here or there, it's a much closer football game. I think it's impossible to talk about this Air Force team without talking about Brad Roberts. I know he's someone that hurt the Cowboys last year. I think he's second in the country in yards per carry. Um, just what's the thing about him that makes him such a dangerous offensive weapon? He's a fascinating guy because I think when you see him, if you see him in the hallways without his pads on, he's an ordinary looking guy. You wouldn't think he plays fullback for Air Force. But what's amazing to me is a lot of different things. Runs low to the ground, obviously. He's got tremendous power. He doesn't go down on the first hit. He's got better vision than a lot of people give him credit for in terms of finding things. And he's faster than you think. You know, there's quickness and then there's speed. And I think he's got both of those. And I, I think when people see him, they don't think that much of him from that standpoint, but he's got both. He's tough to bring down and he just gets yards. He just eats up yards. He's got an amazing line, which he gives credit to every single time you talk to him. And you can't have a discussion without talking about that offensive line when you talk about Brad Roberts, because the last several years, that offensive line has been outstanding. Steve Lobotsky, uh, the uh, line coach, has been great in getting those guys to play the kind of football that Air Force has seen. Wyoming fans remember Hazeek Daniels all too well with his kind of doing it with his arms there to help beat them last season. But who are some of maybe the uh, the unsung heroes or guys that uh, maybe don't get, um, you know, as much attention as they maybe deserve in that offensive unit? Well, that's interesting because I think a guy like Dane Kinnaman is probably getting a lot of attention from Craig Bowles defensive staff because here's a guy who plays that Z position. He can catch the ball. He's going to run the football as well. He had five rushing touchdowns last year. He's very fast. He's almost a guy that's kind of replacing uh, Brandon Lewis from a year ago. He's very deceptive. And although you didn't see really too much of him in game two, you saw a lot of him in the opener against Northern Iowa. He had the big touchdown run. He had the big touchdown catch all in the first quarter. So I think that's a guy that you concern yourself with. I think certainly that Wyoming is watching the CU tape and they're saying, well, who's number nine for Air Force? Because we didn't see him against Northern Iowa, and you didn't. And that's Zach Larrier. 
He's listed as the number two quarterback, but they've tried him a lot at running back this fall. Two-time Mountain West Conference track champion in the 200. And he's got, I think, one-of-a-kind talent where you just can't let him sit behind another person in terms of where he is on the depth chart. I think you got to get him on the field. And Troy Calhoun feels the same way. And you saw him carry the football some last week. And that's a guy, I think, who can really open some eyes and gives teams a lot more to worry about and not just Brad Roberts. Right, and the the defense was really impressive as well in that CU game. Uh, You know, just kind of heading into the heart of Mountain West play, what would you say is the strength of that unit and then maybe also uh, maybe a weakness or just an area that they really need to shore up if they're going to go on a conference title run? Well, I think the strength clearly is the linebacker spot. I mean, you look at uh, Alec Mock, number 40, Vince Sanford, 26, T.D. Blackman, 27, Uh, They've got depth behind all those guys. Bo Richter, number eight, is a young guy where they're going to move around quite a bit. He's a linebacker, but you'll see him on the defensive line. They've got a lot of depth there. They've got a lot of people that they can move around. Uh, The linebackers have been outstanding. Sanford was an all-conference performer last year. Uh, He's terrific. He had 17 and a half tackles for losses last year. And that was, I think, in the top 10 in the nation. I, I think... Up front defensively, they did lose a little bit from last year. You've got a guy like Chris Herrera with a fumble recovery early against Colorado. He's primed to have a big season. They've got some depth there. They've got a young guy, Peyton Zadroik, 96, whom the coaches raved about, just raved about. And he started the first two games, uh, a sophomore. that You don't see that all that often at Air Force. It happens every so often. But Zadroik's a good one. And so I, I don't want to say it's a weakness. Maybe that defensive line is a position where maybe they don't have as many games played as other positions on the defense. And one thing that Craig Bull said on Monday that really stood out to me is that he thinks this is the best Air Force team that's, that he's seen since he got to Wyoming. Um, you know, in your opinion, just where does this group stack up against some of the teams you've seen over the years? I heard Coach Bull say that just a few minutes ago. I think it's too early really to tell. Is the potential there for that kind of squad as as Coach defined? I think the potential is there, but I think it's just too early, right? I I mean, for Air Force, it's game three. Uh, For Air Force, it's the conference opener. For Air Force, it's playing in Laramie, and they've had a tough time doing that over the years. We know that. For Air Force, it's Wyoming, and it's a natural rival. There's been a great rivalry between these two. And you never know how injuries are going to factor into that and all that. So I think it's too soon to say what this team really is. I can tell you they're 2-0 and right now. I can tell you they've got a win over Power 5 opponent. But I can also tell you that's in the past, and that really doesn't matter right now. The focus is on Wyoming. The focus is going 1-0 in conference. And I think probably that's what you can say about this team right now, and really nothing more at this point. As you mentioned, you know, it's always been an interesting matchup. Seems like a lot of close games whenever these two teams meet. Um, You know, just what do you expect to see out there on Friday? Well, you go back to last year, and I thought Wyoming did a pretty good job, really, when you think about Air Force running the football, keeping Air Force somewhat in check, if you will, below their averages, if you will. And it was the passing game that was the difference a year ago. So what's the difference? 
I think that, and Craig Bowles referred to it, this is a young Wyoming football team. And you're going to have some guys on that defense, especially the safeties, that may not have seen the option or played against the option. So I, I think that's going to be important. And, and even Craig Bowles said, look, it may take, take until the second quarter before we settle down defensively and really get a feel for how they're operating and their game speed. It is tough for any coach preparing for Air Force to get their scout team to duplicate during the week what their defense is going to see. So it takes a while. Now, on the other hand, look, Air Force has to worry about Titus Swen. obviously. He's a terrific runner. They know about quarterback Andrew Peasley. They've seen him at Utah State. So there are some concerns there. There's no doubt about that for the Falcons on the defensive side because, look, uh, Peasley, I think, is a very good quarterback, a little underrated. I know he struggled in game one, played better in game two. Swen is, is a top running back in, in this conference. So I don't expect, you know, a cakewalk for anybody. I think it's going to be tight. These teams have traditionally played tight. Wyoming's had the advantage up in Laramie. I mean, this thing could go down to the final possession. You just heard from Jim Arthur, a longtime voice of the Air Force Falcons. Jim, really appreciate it. Hope to see you up here on Friday. All right, Josh. Thanks so much. Great stuff from Jim Arthur. All of the Wyoming fans down in the Colorado Springs area, make sure to tune in and listen to him on the radio dial. But I'm joined right now, as I always am, by my co-host, David Graff. And David, you had a little bit of a different experience this last week, your first week no longer on the Wyoming beat. Uh, you know, what was it like watching the Cowboys from afar? It was very different. It felt weird that the Cowboys were playing at the war. I wasn't there running around on the sidelines trying to find a way to talk to Coach Linder. Um, it was, uh, you know, um, based on what the limited action that I did see from Saturday's game, I'm glad I wasn't there tracking down highlights because that would have been uh, a tough time until the very end there. So what, what, what were your takeaways from Saturday's game against Northern Colorado? Yeah, I think last Saturday would have been the perfect time for a late arriving TV guy to show up and just get all of his highlights during the last 10 minutes or so of the game. But it was uh, it, it took a little bit to process, you know, during it, it seemed really bad as on the offensive end, especially uh, just kind of given how many yards that Northern Colorado gave up the previous week to a bad FCS team. And I don't think that there are excuses to be made for Wyoming struggles throughout the first three quarters or so on the offensive side of the ball. But I do think kind of looking back at it and watching some of the highlights again, I think part of it uh, was them intentionally holding back some stuff in the playbook. You know, if that's a game that you think you can win, you know, why go and put it all on tape for Air Force to see? And then you also kind of saw there in the second half whenever they just couldn't really pull away. It was uh, kind of the, the defense and the John Hoyland show. He had all the points at halftime, but it, uh, it, it was interesting. I think once they kind of got that sense of urgency, the offense really kind of moved. You saw that on that first touchdown drive. You know, they didn't have a, 
a play of more than 11 yards, I think, through the first three and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden, you know, bang, you hit a 15-yard pass to Joshua Cobbs across the middle. You hit a deep one to Wyatt Wheel and up the sideline. And it kind of got rolling after that. So it was interesting. I think it was promising the fact that once they did finally open things up, they kind of rolled. And then I think it was also promising that, you know, obviously uh, an inferior team compared to the teams you're going to be playing the rest of the year. But Northern Colorado is a team that likes to sling the ball around, and they had no luck doing that on Saturday. Yeah, they they were shut down completely, which I'm sure is a nice little bump for the defense's confidence. Obviously, the secondary won't be terribly tested against Air Force on Friday, but going back last year, this Air Force game for the Pokes was kind of one that unraveled the season what what do you think is different about the team this time? Obviously, aside from, you know, all of the personnel on both sides of the ball, but what do you think is different about the team heading into this year's matchup against Air Force? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that stands out to me, um, and we've kind of seen it over these last two weeks after a rough debut, but it, it really does seem like, Andrew Peasley is the most polished and efficient quarterback that they've had since Josh Allen left. Um, you know, over the past two weeks, completing 65% of his passes, no turnovers, got, didn't use him too much in terms of designed runs last week, but he's proven that he can run the ball like all the quarterbacks of the past have done. So I think he could be a big difference maker. Um, now on the other side of things, Air Force's linebackers are probably their biggest defensive strength, but their secondary was impressive too. You know, uh, Colorado, who I would say is pretty similar to Wyoming in terms of offensive balance and being a run-heavy team, uh, only had 51 yards passing and a pick, uh, five of 21 on completions and attempts, which comes out to 2.4 yards per attempt. So I think this will be a big test for Peasley in that passing game. But I also think that, you know, he's shown us over these last couple of weeks that whenever they open things up, he's capable of making plays, which I think was – Really one of the things that hurt them against Air Force, you know, they had some nice plays in the running game, but they just really couldn't do anything whatsoever in the past. So I think that might be the uh, the sliver of hope that the Cowboys can pull an upset. Well, what, what are your expectations for a Friday game? Obviously, Wyoming high school football is, is big in every community around the state, but what do you expect in inside Bull Memorial Stadium for Friday's crowd so to speak you know I think it'll be a pretty good one if I'm not mistaken they had around 2,000 more uh, people as far as attendance goes for the northern Colorado game uh, which is always a promising sign I think Air Force always draws people out with that being one of the rivalry games so uh, I think the the high school football might factor into it a little bit but I still think you'll have a you know a solid pretty comfortably above 20,000 uh, person crowd, which I think is what you can kind of expect this season. And unless they go on a run, I don't think we're going to see a ton of, you know, plus 25,000 person crowds. But I think this is one game where if it was on Saturday, I think it would be really packed. But I think that we'll still get a decent turnout. I think Air Force just being as good as they've been this year, obviously it's still early, but I think that could factor into it too. I mean, this is a team that if Wyoming was able to pull off the upset, you could argue 
um, depending on how things go for Fresno State, this might be the biggest upset that they have a chance to pull this season. So I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that we'll have a decent crowd, but you've probably seen a couple more Friday games than me up here. What are your uh, thoughts on that? Well, I think the last time they played a Friday game at War Memorial was the COVID year and they hosted Hawaii. And so there's a little, a lot of an asterisk on the attendance for that one. So we'll see. I think it, it should be interesting. I think Laramie high school has a home game. So, you know, they're playing, I think East, if you're going to the East, if you're going to that one and see your kids score a couple touchdowns in the first quarter and then head over to, uh, Head over to the war, see the Cowboys play. I don't know. I I think that uh, you never know. The weather should be good, so that that's always helpful. And prime time. Who doesn't love going to a, a prime time football game? So, what what do you think of the opportunity to play on a Friday night for the Cowboys? You know, less that's going to be one of the games on, and a chance for them to kind of showcase the program. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a big opportunity. You're getting that late kickoff or not super late, but, you know, 6 p.m. on uh, CBS Sports Network, like you mentioned, going to be one of the only games on that day. So I think that's big. And for them, I think this could be kind of a, a big turning point for them if they're able to pull out a win or even keep it, you know, within a score. I think that would say a lot about this team and definitely boost their perception a lot because really the last time they were on this kind of stage was the the, the uh, season opener against Illinois and that certainly didn't go so well. A lot of jokes flying on the Twitter sphere across the country as far as the offense goes. So I think this could be a chance to maybe turn the page a little bit, but I also think it's not the uh, not the ideal game to have to have a short week for sure. I mean, Craig Bull talked about it, you know, on Monday that you have to prepare differently for Air Force and there's not really a way to replicate it in practice. You try to as much as you can with your scout team, but I do think that just having an extra day would uh, definitely been beneficial as opposed to playing, you know, a CSU or Hawaii on a Friday after a Saturday game. Uh, but it'll be interesting, you know, air force, in my opinion, and uh, there, I think they're right up there with Fresno state as the conference favorites. Craig Bull said it's the best air force team he's seen at Wyoming. And uh, it's hard to disagree with them. You know, the top rushing offense in the country by more than 200 yards, Brad Roberts has been practically unstoppable at the fullback position, averaging about nine yards a carry. So it'll, uh, it'll be a challenge for sure. You know, you said the, the secondary won't be tested. And I think that'll definitely be the case in the passing game, but I think they'll be really tested just in terms of the role that they have to play in stopping that triple option, because I'm not necessarily too concerned about the line and the linebackers just because they're used to playing heavy roles in the run defense. But I think for the secondary, I mean, you're playing pretty much a completely different role than any other game you'll play this season. Yeah, no doubt. You'll find out who can tackle in the secondary on on Friday. Almost said Saturday there myself. So obviously everyone knows about the triple option, but what, what do you think is the biggest challenge for Wyoming heading into this game against Air Force outside of trying to stop that triple option attack? 
I think for Wyoming, the biggest thing is going to be establishing the running game, really. You know, I think the quarterback position is obviously going to be a a key point of attention, as it should. But, you know, Wyoming finally got it going. They really got it going there in the the fourth quarter with a couple of nice runs by Titus Swin. But up until that point, you know, they were kind of chipping away, chipping away, but they weren't really, you know, getting these sustained – you know, seven to 15 yard runs like you would have liked to see against Northern Colorado. So that's really one thing I would like to see. Um, I think it was easily, especially later in the game, one of their best run blocking performances of the season. But, you know, this young offensive line, they've been pretty dominant in terms of stopping the pass rush, gave up their first two sacks of the season last week. Uh, But the run game is something that Wyoming kind of hangs its hat on. And I think that's if there's anywhere with that young offensive line group that they'd like to see improvement, I think it would be, you know, just getting some more of those longer runs consistently. You don't have to be breaking 30, 40 yarders all the time, but if Wyoming can really get to that level where it's not just a good fourth quarter kind of skewing the stats, but you're consistently throughout the game, averaging five, six yards or more a carry, then I think that that'll be a pretty good indication in Wyoming being competitive in this one. One of the things that stood out to me from last week, there was a lot of balance in the running game as to who was getting carries. Do you think that's something that's going to continue? Or do you think that Titus Swens maybe recovering more from the bruised ribs and once he's I mean, you can never say you're 100% healthy during once the football season is actually going, but once he's closer to full strength, that he's maybe going to be the bell cow guy that we're sort of accustomed to with Wyoming football. Yeah, I think this will definitely be the game where you see Titus win. You know, ever since he suffered those bruised ribs against Illinois, they've kind of held him back as much as they could. I think that's definitely going to change this week, assuming, you know, he doesn't take any big hits to that area this week. Uh, So I would expect him to get a heavy share of the load. Uh, I think he averaged five yards a carry last week. You know, some of that came as a result of those late runs. And they were getting him involved. It seemed like whenever they needed a, a fourth and one or something like that, he was the guy they were sending out onto the field. Uh, So I think we'll definitely see a lot of him. I think it's promising that this is the first week that DeWine McNeely's listed on the depth chart too. Uh, So it'll, it'll be interesting for sure. You know, Wyoming is going to want to try to establish the run. If they have their way, they'll probably have running plays account for, you know, 60 to 60 low sixties percent of their snap count. So it, it'll be interesting. I would say Titus Wynn will probably get around 15 carries or more this game, uh, but we'll just kind of have to see how it all unfolds. It'll be interesting because, you know, as I mentioned, that linebacker group, you got Vin Sanford, who is an all-Mountain West guy, but also several other really talented players. Uh, you look at that dominant win over Northern Colorado, as far as pro football focus, defensive gr- grades go, the linebackers I think had – four of the top six or seven grades on the entire defense. So it'll, uh, it'll be a challenge because he's going to be getting some hits from those guys. Uh, but maybe there's also a chance for Wyoming's run game to really kind of take off after kind of, you know, playing it careful a little bit with Titus this week. Cause you know, we can talk about how 
the run game hasn't gotten going, but you know, if you don't have your star running back that everyone thinks can be an all conference back out there, getting the bulk of the carries, I don't know how much you can necessarily hold that against them. Um, you know, for you, just kind of what are your thoughts on what you've seen from the running game? You know, as you mentioned, Titus hasn't been out there as much. DeWine recovering from an injury, but we have had a chance to see some young guys like DQ James and Joey Brash out there. You say Brash. I think it's Joey Brash. I think it's Joey Brash. I, I'm not sure, but I, I did think it was Brash first, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. We'll clear that up. Somebody maybe can tell us what the uh, correct pronunciation is on, on Joey's name, but I've definitely felt slightly underwhelmed from the running game. I think that Peasley being a, a big part of it in that game against Tulsa, and then he also showed, showed off his wheels a little bit against Illinois, definitely adds a different element to the run game. And I thought with him being a part of it, it would open it up for guys like Titus Swen and obviously DeWine hasn't had – as many opportunities yet so far when he's running around with uh, a club on his hand to try and carry the ball. But I, I think that this is maybe the game where you get the running game, right? You've got an opportunity to on both sides of the ball battle in the trenches and hopefully the offensive line is ready to go and they're fired up. It's a Friday night. It's prime time. It's on national television you get a little bit of extra push maybe early on there. So I think that we're still, as a Cowboy fan now, Cowboy fan only, you're still waiting for that big Titus Swin game and to see him kind of go off. Obviously the bruised ribs are going to, I don't want to say hold him back, but they're certainly probably lingering a little bit. And then DeWine and Joey Brosh, they're, they're good two, three punch as well. And you mix in guys like DQ James as well. I, I'm just, I, I think that we're not even close to the ceiling for the run game. And that, sh- that should be exciting for, for poke football fans. No doubt. Should we uh, close this out with our predictions for Friday? Yeah, let's give a few, few predictions before we get to the predictions. I do want to shout out Jake Dickert out here in my new, new stomping grounds, big win, former former University of Wyoming coach. A lot of UW, former UW Cowboy coaches on the Wazoo staff. They got a huge win at, at Wisconsin. So shout out to those guys and congrats to them on, you know, putting Wazoo back on the map for out here in the Pac-12. Don't forget about them in the Pac-12. So uh, what, what, what are you predicting for Friday's showdown? Yeah, so Wyoming opened as a 17-point underdog. Last I checked, that line's creeping closer to two touchdowns. I think it was around plus 15 the last time I looked at it. Uh, But I think it's going to be closer than that. I I still have Air Force winning it, uh, but I think it's going to be somewhere kind of in that 31 to 23 range. I think that Wyoming's defense will probably be, especially that defensive front, might be a stiffer test than what Air Force has seen so far this year. But I just think Air Force, they're always able to break a couple of those big plays. They're able to sustain a couple of those 12 to 15 play drives. So I think that that'll ultimately be too much to overcome. I have, yeah, like I said, Air Force 31, Wyoming 23. Um, 
which I think is a pretty respectable result, honestly. I mean, if you look where Wyoming started the year versus where Air Force is at right now, I think keeping it within a score is is a solid result if you're a Wyoming fan and kind of gives you some optimism knowing that this is the toughest team you're going to have to face in the Mountain Division, and there are some teams in the Mountain Division that do not look good right now. So I think that's where it's going to be, but it also wouldn't shock me one bit if Wyoming's able to pull one out in a thriller in Laramie. No doubt. Well, I am going to side with you. I think Air Force is going to win this game. Unfortunately, there obviously have been some testy games between uh, Coach Calhoun and Coach Bowl in the past. Air Force has won two in a row in this series, which uh, I know irks plenty of people out there. That there's some people who just can't stand the Air Force Academy. So I think that uh, I think that Wyoming comes up just a little bit short in this one. I I'm going to go with 28. 24. I think it's a little bit closer. I know that John Hoyland's going to kick at least one field goal in this one. So I'm going to go 28 24. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for listening. You've been listening to Preview and the Pokes. Make sure to go to yosports.net for all your Cowboys coverage this weekend. And we'll talk to you next time. Bread.